it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, it's Joe Souchere and Patrick Royce with Sports Talk. All right, apparently we have no update today from Patrick from Florida. We got Corzo in in his stead. Twins have a split squad deal going today, Tampa Bay and Houston. So uh, half the boys had to go across the state maybe to Yeah, uh, I read the paper. They sent the young guys over because they got to stay overnight and play another game uh, across, you know. I mean, you know that from your sports writing days, having to get on that bus for three hours. That's uh, not something that uh, the veterans like to do. But I think they have some rule now where you have to bring like at least four regulars with you or something. Really? So that when the people buy their tickets, they, they there's at least a couple names they recognize. Uh, last night, I caught a bit of the game on radio. And Randy Wayne White was the guest of uh, Corey Provis and uh, Dan Gladden. Mm-hmm. They had no earthly idea who he was. Mm, Randy uh, Wayne White? Yeah, he's an author who, who lives down there. I don't know. Uh, Carzo, you should read his books. He writes about Southwest Florida. I would, yeah. I have no idea who he is either. Oh, and he writes fun. at uh, Doc Ford's uh, rooms oh, yeah. on yeah. Sanibel. Yeah. Well, Doc, Doc Ford's is in, uh, well, there might be, there's a there's Doc Ford's. There's, there's the one right by the bridge going over to Fort Myers there's Beach. There's two on Sanibel and one on Fort yeah. Myers Beach. I've been well, to the one on Fort Myers well, Beach. Well, Doc Ford is his character in the novels. Oh, okay. A marine biologist with a dark uh, CIA past. Oh, yeah, I would like and, those And uh, they're fun. The newest one is Caribbean Rim. I was supposed to meet him last week for dinner, and he said, I'm in North Carolina at the dentist. <laughs> he goes uh, far. He's quirky. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he listens to the podcast uh, all the time, and so we, we would, we're not saying, uh, speaking out of school, we'd say it to his face. He's, well, Royce, he called me last night and said, yeah, Randy Wayne White was just here with uh, Bill Lee. So the I wanna, spaceman, the, yeah, the yes. picture. Yeah, well, yeah they big buddies. Where Rand, uh, Bill Lee is the second character in the book, a guy named Tomlinson, and he's kind of patterned after Bill Lee. <laughs> uh, and uh, so Royce said, "I went up to him, pat him on the back." Bill Lee, I said, "How are you doing, Tomlinson?" And uh, Bill Lee got a big kick out of that. And Randy came up and uh, introduced himself and said, "Oh, it's good to meet you, Pat." And Pat says, "Well, I have been at your house before." <laughs> <laughs> He was? Oh, yeah, we all were one, oh, that uh, was, one time uh, a couple of years ago. Well, to finish the story, we not only went to his place, uh, which was just a ex- really neat place, but then we all get in his skiff, and he puts on his night vision goggles, and off we went out to Yuseppa Island. And we get out there. Nice club. Oh, and what? There's people having cocktails and stuff? Yeah, and there's 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 little cottages on this island, private island, yeah. but they also have, uh, you know, croquet and, and a tennis court and a nice club with a really nice bar and restaurant. Well, he, he goes and he talks to this woman, and Randy comes back to us and says, I got to take you guys back and get back out here. I'm getting married tomorrow. 
<laughs> so, that was when he was getting married to Wendy Webb. Right. And uh, Randy Wayne White and Wendy Webb. Webb. Well, yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's a wonderful musician. She's got a beautiful voice. Yeah. So what's up, Corzo? You watched the Honda Classic, and you I, were telling me off air you think Tiger's back. I've watched a lot of Tiger. He's played in three tournaments. The first tournament at Torrey Pines, he couldn't hit a fairway. I think right. he, hit, he hit, what, 16 out of 58 or however many they play? And Did he make the cut at Torrey Pines? Yeah, he finished like 20th. But he didn't make the cut in L.A. L.A., he played p- terrible at Riviera, right. missed the cut. And and then I and then he, he played pretty well the first two rounds at the Honda. So on Saturday, I didn't have much to do. I started watching him play. And he was hitting it as far as anybody. He had a 340-yard drive. Really? He's bombing it. Yep. He was hitting the fairway. Yep. And his irons were incredible, and he just couldn't make a putt. But it didn't look like he was hitting bad putts. It looked like he was having trouble reading the mm-hmm. greens, mm-hmm. which is funny because he's played that course a lot. But uh, but he says they're really tricky to read. And he shot a 69, and he said afterwards, that's the highest I could have shot. You hear pros say that a lot. But that was true. He could have shot a 64 or 65. And then on Sunday... He was also very good on Sunday until he made a double bogey on on in the bear trap, which you own apparently. Yeah, I've parred uh, the bear yeah, trap. Yeah, the pair he, he did not in any of the three days that he played it, uh, and he made a double and wasn't really in the running because guys are playing pretty well. But but no, if he plays like that, if he's swinging, I mean, he's hitting, he looks great. He's hitting it long. His short game's good. I mean, he is legitimately, I think, has a chance. If he, if that's if he doesn't get hurt again, mm-hmm. I think I don't see any reason why he couldn't get back into the top twenty in the world. No, really he, he won't be the old Tiger, but he could be a, a major. He'll win tournaments playing the way he played Saturday. He can't play this weekend, right? That's the top yes, sixty-four correct. in the world. He's not in the world. But golf No, will he play then? Will he play again before the Masters? I don't know. My guess is he will. I mean, it's uh, let's see. Where, yeah, because that's a whole what five weeks away, right? So yeah, I bet he will. I think. I think his plan is, you know, he's basically played in three tour events this year, and he and his last real tour event where he made the cut was August of 2015. Mm-hmm. And when he shot 69, uh, Dottie, what is it, Dottie Pepper, or what? She might have a different name now, but she got married. Her first statement she made to Tiger was, "It's been 917 days since you last broke 70 in a PGA Tour event. How does that feel?" Mm-hmm. And you could tell that just irritated Tiger. He mm-hmm. kind of smiled and said, "You had to remind me of that, didn't you?" Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think he appreciated that. She, he might be giving her shorter answers than usual in the future. I don't see how a guy with that many back surgeries can swing that violently. Oh my god! And he is. And it, it, Nick Faldo said on one of his, he hit this drive on the tenth hole where it was like three ten to clear the bunker, and it wasn't even close to not done. It just flew over it. And 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 Nick Faldo said, "Where can I sign up to get back fusion surgery?" Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's because I know people who have back fusion surgery and it works, but it it's supposed to kind of restrict your movement. Uh, but boy, he looked. He, you know, at Torrey Pines, he just putted like a crazy man, mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't look sustainable to me. Uh, and you know, I don't know what happened at Riviera, but boy, the way he played, considering this is only his third tournament back, uh, it's pretty impressive that he's. You know, so now he's finished like twentieth, missed the cut, and finished like eleventh. Mm-hmm. That's impressive for a guy that hasn't played really any serious tournament golf in two and a half years. Uh, what's wrong with McIlroy? Boy, you know he's he hasn't been good for a long time. Yeah. He hasn't, you know, he's had putting problems. He's had physical problems. Uh, you know, he, he and Tiger. I mean, the way they swing, you know, that's just gonna that's gonna you know rear its ugly head. And it asked for for Rory. Yeah, he's uh, he didn't make the cut at the hunt. No, he, he was. Uh, no, I think he made the cut because the cut was. Uh, here's how hard that course was playing. Five over made the cut. Oh, really? And so I think he made the cut, and he ended up way back though. He finished like 60th. Mm-hmm. He was like nine or ten over. Now they go to Mexico City. Mexico City in the World Golf World Classic. World Golf Classic, the top 64 in the world. Yep. 
So uh, that's the match play one? This Maybe. is not match play. Oh, it's not the match not play. Not match play. What do you think of your Wolves without Butler? Well, I think without Butler, you know, you really look at it. Last year they were 30 and 50. This year they're on pace to basically be 50 and 30. And the only real difference I could see was Butler because Wiggins has regressed. Towns is playing great, a little better than last year. They, they've added, you know, Teague over Ricky, slight upgrade. They got Taj Gibson, a slight upgrade over over uh, Gorgie Jang. So they're a little better even without Butler. But really, I and with the schedule they have facing them, I, I don't I, – I think it's highly likely they'll miss the playoffs. Now, the two games they've played since Butler mm-hmm. against two lousy teams – uh, one at home and one on the road, and they won them both easily. I was kind of pleased with how I saw them play. They mm-hmm. were playing at a faster pace. Wiggins was at least becoming doing the things he can do, which is not many, but he can take the ball to the basket. He he seemed to be freed up to do that. So they looked better than I expected in those two games. So so maybe there might they they seem to play almost freer and faster, which is a which is an upgrade over how they played with Butler, which was slow and halting a lot of times. So maybe they won't be as bad as I think, but boy, they they're in they're not as solid in the playoffs as you would think. And I, if you ask me to guess, I'm going to guess they're going to miss the playoffs. But but what I've seen in the two games without them, I like the way they played. If they play that way, I think they they'll make the playoffs and hang on. Well, the other thing we don't know about Butler is when he gets to come back. That's yeah. been very secretive. It, it, yeah, which I don't quite get why you make it secretive. I don't mm-hmm. know what what the advantage of that is. Um, we don't know the extent of the surgery how invasive it was or anything. I don't even know if it was arthroscopic or not. I think it was. uh, It was successful. Well, 100%. It's 100%. Uh, Now, you and I were talking. I had meniscus meniscus surgery in November, but I obviously didn't have, in other words, a meniscus injury. It's like tiramisu. You know, it's all different. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and and because Butler couldn't even put weight on his knee. Mm -hmm. I walked around on mine and played golf for six weeks and Mm -hmm. and really didn't have to fix it. But I did because it felt weird. It didn't hurt. But Butler obviously didn't have that. He couldn't even put weight on it. So so he's got a different deal going on. I don't know what it is. Well, plus the kind of weight he would put on his knee would be different than the kind of weight you or me would put on our knee. But he couldn't even walk on it. I mean, he couldn't even. I mean, he was carried off the floor and wasn't even. He couldn't even put his foot on the ground. Did that happen down in Houston? Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we don't know. Uh, no, for all I, we know, he's back in three weeks. I would say that he's done for the year. Really, and and the the real thing here that everyone's kind of missing the point on where they are now. They're third in the West, and they're real close to San Antonio. And I think if Butler stayed, I think they could have at least stayed fourth in the West. And that meant they would have been playing a team worse than them in the first round. That they probably would have won a series, and then they would have played Houston or Golden State and gotten wiped out. Now, if you slip down to seventh or eighth. You're playing Houston or Golden State in the first round, and mm-hmm. you're done in four games, mm-hmm. maybe five. In the meanwhile, the Wilds seem to have cemented their playoff I was going to ask you that. Cemented their playoff chances. I think you can say that they, right now, they have the fourth best record in the West. They're reeling in, uh, you know, they're only four points behind Winnipeg. Uh, they're playing great. Uh, and it's funny, you know, Bruce Boudreau puts together Stahl, Zucker, and uh, Granlund, and they've been incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know... <laughs> One of the writers, it might have been Russo, said, you know, some of us might say, what took you so long to think of this? Because I guess they've never played together before, those three guys. Well, when's the last time the Wild had a a scorer in the top four in the league? I'm sure. Did go back to Gabbert? Got him. Well, we were talking, you know, when you think they've the only real what you call sniper they've ever had in their history is Gabbert. Right. And Stahl, I wouldn't necessarily call him a sniper, but he knows how to score goals. Right. Zucker's got a little bit of a sniper in him. You can see him take some of those shots that are, you know, rifled into the upper corners a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, 
And then at the same time, Mike Yo with St. Louis, it's like it's like a replay from what happened here. Oh, they're they're re- that was their seventh straight loss. Yeah. They're yeah. Uh, they're reeling. That could cost you always job. It could. Rook, why don't you take us to a break, and we'll be back in just a moment. I will. Corzo in for Mr. Patrick James Stephen Ricey, and Sports Talk will continue as soon as I find my button. I can do that. Yeah. Split squad, Tampa Bay and Houston. Uh, where are you on the Vikings quarterback dilemma? Well, I'm going to talk about that on uh, on the, the ride show, the ride. But you know where I am is the 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 new offensive coordinator that the Vikings got is John D. Filippo. 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 D. Filippo. Yeah, D. Filippo. D. Filippo. He is the guy that in Oakland. Well, first of all, when he was coaching at San Jose State, he recruited this kid nobody wanted named David Fales. And if you remember, David Fales played the Gophers five, six years ago and threw for like 400 yards. He was like this incredible college quarterback and had a cup of coffee in the pros. He was the guy when we were at Oakland, he said, I think we had to draft uh, David Carr, who's now been to two Pro Bowls. He was the guy that they sent up to look at North Dakota and look at Carson Wentz and came back and said, do what you have to do to get this guy. Mm-hmm. He seems to have an eye for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. His history has been he not only is good at coaching quarterbacks, but that he's got an eye for, for spotting the ones that are going to be good. And so whatever he decides, I'm I'm all in. If he decides Kirk Cousins is the guy, I trust John D. Filippo. Because mm-hmm. I what do I know? I mean, I I love Case Keenum, but you know, what do I know? I'm not an NFL GM and and I'm I'd be happy to see him get Kirk Cousins. That'd be great. That'd be fun. So is is it is it a done deal that Keenum's gone? No. It's you Is it a done deal that Bridgewater's gone? No. What it is what they could do is up till March sixth. If you you can give you can put a franchise tag on one player. What's that mean? You get to pay that player more than other players. That means no. That means that player is stuck playing for you next year. Oh, but you have to pay him the average of the top five players at that position. Hmm. So this year that would be about twenty three million dollars. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins, they've done that to him in Washington for like two straight years, mm-hmm. and and so they could keep. Keenum for one year, and then they could work out a deal if they wanted, or work a long term deal and get rid of the franchise tag. They've they've elected not to do that. Uh, they've they've Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent, so certainly the free agency period hits on March on March twelfth. They can officially start talking to the guys. On March fourteenth, you can sign them, uh, and so on March fourteenth, if Cousins signs somewhere else, Teddy signs somewhere else, and Keenum signs somewhere else, mm-hmm. and they got nothing. Right, that's the risk. But you could, but they can sign him like the rest of the guys. They could sign Keenum or Teddy now. In other words, before the the other teams can't get to him till March 14th. But between now and March 14th, you can sign your own free agents. Do you, does a team have to declare a franchise player? Yes, you have to. You have, you to, have tag to declare him. one. You have to declare one, and you have to do it by March 6th. Okay. What'd you find out? I found out that our split squad uh, has a split. The um... Rays beat the Twins three to one. That game is a final, and the Twins beat the Astros four to two. All right, that is also a final. I wonder if Patrick made the trip over to the West Coast. I'm sorry, the East Coast. Oh, that does not tell me that in the box score, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it doesn't say if he made Surprise, it. Surprise, it doesn't say that right, he's right. over there or not. I think that's where that they train is West Palm, uh, Houston, St. Louis. Somebody else is over there. Yeah. Could be. I don't know where I don't know where the Astros are. I don't it's all changed so much. Well, the Vikings, in other words, have a have a good problem. Well, and, and the interesting thing is that they've got there's about five or six teams that have a lot of cap space 
where they could afford to get Kirk Cousins. And of the teams that have a lot of cap space, the Vikings are the best team mm-hmm. based on their records last year. And so Kirk Cousins has come out and said, I, I really want to play for a team where I could win. So that that kind of limits it to, you know, to maybe Denver, who didn't win last year. They were five and eleven, but they have a good defense. Terrible quarterback. And the Vikings, and then teams like the Jets and the Browns, who were terrible, might be able to throw a little more money at them. So that what everyone's suspect is is suspecting is the Jets are going to throw an unbelievable amount of money at them, and then can the Vikings get close enough to have Cousins come here? My sense is that if the Vikings have decided they want Kirk Cousins, they will get Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Because I think if the money's the same, my sense is from what he said, what's been reported, is that he'd go come here. He hasn't taken Washington anywhere, has he? Nope. In the three years he's been the starter, they're one game over 500. They went to the playoffs one year. Well, then what's all But the it's hoop- attractive to come here because of the, the team's pretty solid. Yeah, but yeah. what's the hoopla about him then? Has he just been playing for bad teams? Yeah, they, I mean, you know, when, when I'll say this. When when the Vikings played the Redskins and Keenum had a good day, he threw two stupid interceptions, but he threw for 340 yards, had four touchdowns. I thought Kirk Cousins was really good in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not an expert on Kirk Cousins. I've probably seen him play three other quarters other than that one. And his receivers kept dropping the ball. I'm not kidding you. They did. I, to me, the difference in that game was the Vikings receivers – yeah, the Vikings receivers had one bad game all year against mm-hmm. Carolina. They dropped five passes. Other than that, they dropped like five all year, hmm. and they made great catches. You know, they made Keenum look better. Uh, the Redskins, you, you know, you can have a really good quarterback and still only be a 500 team. I mean, that can happen. Apparently, because yeah. uh, Cousins sure gets all the great publicity. He's 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 been very good. He hasn't been great. Is what okay. I say. Rook, would you agree with that? I would completely agree with that. Cousins would make a positive impact for the Vikings. <laughs> However, being only one game over 500 during during his tenure with the Redskins mm-hmm. uh, doesn't really show that. So that's why he'd want to come here to prove that. Mm-hmm. Kenny, you, know you, you on board with that? I'm all, I'm all on board, all Joe. Right. We were discussing that off the air. All the way the on board. All right. Well, uh, that's excellent, boys. I'm glad that you're... Uh, you just like hearing yourself talk. Yeah, he's got the Barry White pipes. Is, he does. Exactly I heard that, I heard that driving over here. I thought, I thought, who's sitting in for Joe? It's so distracting. You're but so then sexy. I heard him talking about Hajibs, and I knew it was Joe. It's just he was he was, he was horse. <laughs> Sports Talk will be back in just a moment. Yeah, now he's nice. Talking. But nice. now, thanks to our really great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at federated insurance where it's their business to protect your business and nobody baby does that better than federated it's bruce vale from the wall street journal squeaky what's left of your money uh you know they hated kirk cousins for a while there in washington early on and then he he had like a couple of comeback wins and all of a sudden he was a talk talk of the town he's the talk of this town all right we've got some uh i'm gonna turn his mic off now bruce all right uh Here's John Hyde in the Sports Talk Newsroom. Thank you, Joe. It's sunny. We're up to 45 degrees now. Wild beat St. Louis last night, 8-3. Up next, they'll play at Arizona on Thursday, followed by a game at Colorado on Friday. Does Mike Yo still have his job? Uh, As of this moment, he does. Yeah. Uh, Twins split squad action today. Uh, Tampa Bay, they uh, lost to the Rays 3-1. The one Twins run in that game came from a Byron Buxton home run. He, in fact, was 2-for-2 in that ballgame. Miguel Sano. Also made his first start of the spring. He started at third base, went 0 for 2 in limited action. Uh, another Twins group played in uh, played against the Astros today. They defeated the Astros 4 to 2, and that one A. Ray Adrianza had two hits and two RBIs. When's Mauer going to make his debut? Uh, end of this week, I believe they said. So I would think uh, within the next day. Or well, two. what's he waiting for? Uh, he always—he's not that well, old. Well, we're waiting. We're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> 
Big Ten tournament underway today in New York City. The Gophers, uh, Gophers will play Rutgers at seven o'clock. You know, the, you know the bright side to this season uh, is that it ends a week early. Is yeah. the Big Ten Big Ten season <laughs> ends a week early? So that's good. News notes from today: A district court judge has ruled in favor of the city of Minneapolis in a challenge to the city's fifteen dollars minimum wage ordinance. Really? <laughs> okay, <laughs> this nice, is going to uh, get old nice pretty place. quick, isn't it? Let's everybody try and do it. Uh, <laughs> Graco Inc. was one of four entities to bring a civil suit against the city in an effort to declare the law invalid, arguing in part the city didn't have the power to pass an ordinance the plaintiffs believed would conflict with state law. The company said it suffered increased vendor costs for custodial services because of the ordinance and that in addition to having to pay increased wages, it has incurred expenses for record keeping and payroll to comply with the law. Fourth District Judge Susan Burke ruled the city's ordinance is not preempted by state law and would not adversely impact outside Minnesota residents. So outstate, excuse me, Minnesota residents. Minneapolis approved the ordinance in July, partly to address what they called income disparities after finding 48% of city workers earned less than a living wage and 84,000 residents, they said, lived below the federal poverty level. The Minnesota Chamber of Commerce, Twin West Chamber of Commerce, and Minnesota Recruiting and Staffing Association had also been plaintiffs in the suit. Uh, those entities, though, later dropped out. Under the new law, businesses with more than 100 people have five years to raise wages to 15 bucks an hour. Businesses with 100 or fewer employees have seven years to reach that threshold. The driver of a vehicle that jumped a curb and plowed into a Metro Transit bus in St. Paul last year, killing one, has been sentenced to 10 years in prison. 27-year-old Tyler Bjeland of Minneapolis was convicted of criminal vehicular homicide while under the influence and sentenced today in Ramsey County Court. He will receive credit for 222 days of time served. 48-year-old Kenneth Foster was on the bus when the vehicle crashed into it on July 21st at the intersection of Dale Street and Charles Avenue. Witnesses told police at the time they saw a car driving erratically, sideswiping another vehicle on Charles and Victoria. President Trump asked Senator Pat Toomey, a Pennsylvania Republican who's worked on a bill to strengthen background checks for gun purchases, whether he left out a proposal to raise the gun purchasing age to 21 out of his measure because he is, in the president's words, afraid of the NRA. In that exchange, during a meeting of bipartisan group of senators at the White House this afternoon, Trump also asked Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Toomey if their background check bill that they offered in the aftermath of the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting Included a provision about age. Toomey said it did not. You know why, Trump replied? Why? Because you're afraid of the NRA. Was that his theme? After every response from anybody sitting at the table, do you know why you're taking a sip of water, Senator Klobuchar? Because you're afraid of the NRA. Let's raise the age. Mm -hmm. 21. Trump reiterated multiple times during this afternoon. Are you afraid of the NRA? Is that to own or purchase? Purchase. Purchase. So on what sort of firearm? The uh, AR-15s. Just that, huh? The black rifles. Yeah. yeah. Just the scary-looking ones right. that, that are the same thing as a deer-hunting rifle, only they look scary. Well, no, they're not the same. Yeah. They not are. Not the same. Yeah, they are. Well, why? You know, 18, the kid can't buy Sudafed. I mean... Can't, it, can't buy beer. Let's just, let's just uh, make it common sense here. Trump reiterated multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> Who's common sense? Mine. I'm the mayor. I, uh, Kenny, I think he might be afraid of the NRA. Huh? I think he might be afraid of the NRA. <laughs> Why don't I just go back to my desk? You guys debate gun yep. control okay. for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, Trump reiterated multiple times during this afternoon's meeting he wanted to see what he called a comprehensive approach on guns. Throughout the meeting, he encouraged members to present ideas 
Sometimes after an idea was presented, Trump would look at colleagues and ask if it could be added to the base bill. He says he wants one great piece of legislation. It was cool because uh, they broadcast the whole meeting with the senators and them again, like they did the other time. It'd be the, nice to see these two far uh, war, warring factions come together and uh, try to work something out here. I mean, all we're getting is yelling from both the far right and the far left, and it's the yelling and shouting doesn't accomplish anything. A teacher is if in If we could sit down and talk like Joe and I talked. <laughs> right, I thought you guys had a good debate, Hi, Joe. Here. How you going? How well, you doing? We wouldn't get much done. You got a <laughs> right. sexy sounding uh, voice there, really suit. You got any beer in the fridge? No. That, that kind of that kind of <laughs> right. discussion. Yeah. Mind if I light up this stogie? No, you go ahead. All right. Well, let's talk. I don't want to. Oh, well, I'm going to go home then. <laughs> Screw <laughs> you. I've always hated you. I'm going home. <laughs> a teacher is in custody after police <laughs> That's say... That's what uh, would happen right. to... <laughs> it's a quick meeting. Bleep you. I'm out of here. Yeah, quick meeting. <laughs> a teacher is in custody after police say he barricaded himself inside his own classroom at a high school in northwest Georgia. Police responded to the report of a shot or shots fired at Dalton High School in Dalton, Georgia this morning. It was believed a teacher was barricaded inside... An affiliate there for CBS reported the situation began around 11.30 this morning when the teacher blocked students from entering the classroom. When the principal tried to unlock the door, they heard a gunshot inside, and the school was quickly evacuated. No other shots were fired during the incident. Police later tweeted the teacher was in custody. Identified as social studies teacher Jesse Randall Davidson. He's also the play-by-play voice of the Dalton football team, according to police. Police say they uh, don't have any information about what may have caused the incident. Dalton police said no children were in danger. Was he trying to do harm to himself? Well, not, they're not saying, but he didn't do any, so okay. I don't know. All right. Keith Richards is apologizing to Mick Jagger for joking in a recent Wall Street Journal interview that his 73-year-old bandmate should get a vasectomy. Jagger and, uh, well, I don't think there's any reason to apologize, is there? Jagger and girlfriend Melanie Hamrick welcomed their first child in December of 2016. This would be Mick's eighth child. Uh, here's the quote from the Wall Street Journal interview. Mick's a randy old bastard. It's, it's time for the snip. It's just funny. You, you can't be a father at that age. Why? Those poor kids. Well, he's right. Yeah, I don't know. After the interview was printed, Richards issued a statement apologizing for suggesting that Jagger undergo a vasectomy. He tweeted, I deeply regret the comments I made oh, about Mick in Keith, the Wall Street Journal. Why would yeah. you back down? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that comment. They were funny. I have, of course, apologized to him in person. They're I'm going out again. So yeah. It's He's easy for him. He's sitting down already. <laughs> no, it is quite amazing to see people like... Uh, with their grandchildren. <laughs> but as they, <laughs> at the same please. time, very heartwarming. Oh, wow. Uh, have you seen the picture been floating around of him in his library? He has yeah. a rather extensive library. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. How do I you think know he's he having a last laugh, to tell you the truth. Yeah. It, probably well, healthier than a horse. Yeah. I think you're probably correct. Uh, only one thing that could make Oprah Winfrey run for president in 2020. Amid calls for her to consider running for the White House, she says, I went into prayer. God, if you think I'm supposed to run, you got to tell me, and it has to be so clear that not even I can miss it. Isn't and, that what Michelle Obama did? Or not Obama, I'm, sh- I'm sorry. But yeah, Michelle Bachman. Yeah, and everybody ripped the hell out of her. She Nobody will rip the hell out of this knucklehead. <laughs> she told People Magazine that she hasn't gotten a message yet. No God. message has come in yet Nothing, for Oprah. Nothing's come in. 
She found herself in the political spot. I knew I'd find something eventually that would get that voice <laughs> up a couple of timbers. It finally found it. She found herself in the political spotlight after a speech at the 2018 Golden Globes. Winfrey had the crowd of Hollywood's biggest stars on their feet and in tears with moving words and promises that a new day is dawning. And didn't the president already rip her? I, I think I saw yeah, some quotes He said, from I him. wish she would run. I could beat her. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then he said, but she's a great friend of mine. Yeah, it was really weird, <laughs> the quotes, yeah. Uh, not everyone was happy to hear Barbara Streisand couldn't give up on her beloved pooch. The 75-year-old actress recently told Variety her two dogs are actually clones. Well, that sea hag's got more money and she knows what to do with. <laughs> a dog that she used to have but died last year. That came with a major backlash. PETA President Ingrid Newkirk said uh, she hopes other pet owners won't follow in Streisand's steps. She insisted the people should consider adopting animals. Instead of cloning, uh, it's not easy to clone, nor is it cheap. Fifty grand. What did I tell you? She's she, yeah, man. Fifty thousand dollars it would cost what, you if you what, wanted to clone. What was you that? can get dogs cloned. I, am I, did yeah. I miss a story here somewhere? It's what? It's like exactly like the dog you had. It's, is that? They're, they're not exactly the same. No. What exactly uh, was that dog used for? I mean, why fifty thousand? Wow, yeah. crazy. She married. Yeah. Hmm. When you're crazy, you're crazy. And uh, she's crazy, baby. <laughs> like hot Matrix crazy? She's hot. She's out of the shit. Yeah. Unicorns out. and rainbows. No go zone. Right. Just a quick check on your uh, traffic here on Sports Talk. If you're traveling between the downtowns, westbound 94, running 15 minutes. Eastbound between 13, uh, northbound 169 already played out. We had an earlier crash up at Bass Lake Road. So now traffic jamming at 394, running 15, 16 minutes up to 94. But be aware those delays do continue all the way up to Highway 610. Here's John Heights. I should have just shut up. I should have shut up. You, you, you almost had it. In my perfect. mind, you hit it. It was a long walk, and it I was. just couldn't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. We should mention this bit of news before we get to the other stuff. Uh, uh, not sure why. I have no details, but White House Communications Director Hope Hicks, who's been testifying the last two days before the uh, committee investigating the uh, Russian interference in the election, uh, has resigned. Huh. So I, I don't know why. She up and quit. Yeah, she just up and quit. So. Yeah. Don't ask what me. What does it mean, you up and quit? That's what we do up, up in Douglas County. Oh, you just yeah. don't, you don't up, quit? You just, we quit. just up and quit. You up and quit. <laughs> okay. I, just, I up and quit. Got it. <laughs> uh, Kenny, you requested this story yesterday, so I found it. Uh, China has launched a fresh crackdown on funeral strippers. <laughs> it just sounds ridiculous. <laughs> the Ministry of Culture said it would target obscene, pornographic, and vulgar performances at funerals and weddings. It follows reports in the state-run Global Times newspaper about roaring crowds applauding and cursing as women perform at funerals. What? The tabloid claimed that they sauntered into the crowd, rubbed men's crotches, while occasionally reminding them not to take any pictures. At the funeral. At the funeral. This is the wake? Uh, it's a funeral. The actual funeral. This is the service. The service itself. The culture ministry set up hotlines to offer monetary rewards to those who report what they are calling funeral misdeeds. That sure as hell sits, beats sitting around saying the rosary, doesn't he? <laughs> <Yeah>. Crying <laughs> and hugging yeah. and w blowing your nose 800 times. Right. Yeah, uh, You're wondering why they do this. Yes, I am. Uh, some rural communities in China believe hiring performers can increase attendance at funerals. High attendance is seen as a way of honoring the deceased. Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Can you imagine the, the Scandinavians that go to our funeral oh, suit? Yeah. Yeah. Showing up. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we got it. We got it. One E, one E. We got it. One E, one E. He was mad because he came late to the game and the strippers were already done. So he, he, you mean he arrived late? Yeah, he arrived late. <laughs> Whoops, sorry. Yeah, I was very innocent on that one. Yes. Uh, in a bid to show off their disposable uh, disposable income and boots numbers, some households are paying out more than their annual incomes for strippers, wow. actors, singers, and comedians to come to the funeral. Now, Beijing actually banned funeral strippers back in 2015 after two cases where exotic dancers staged obscene performances. Authorities also arrested six exotic dancers at the funeral of an elderly resident in the city of Handan. Five people detained in Zhengzhou back in 2006 for obscene performances. Uh, the uh, Zhang Zizhang, a university professor, said in some local cultures, dancing with erotic elements can be used to convey the deceased's wishes of being blessed with many children. I've got, oddly enough, I have some uh, uh, audio of the uh, the people talking about the stripper. They rate the strippers after, and I, right. I, I, I'm not fluent in Mandarin Chinese, right. but I can certainly translate because... I, I've I've been around a lot of Chinese people, oh, so right. yeah. let's just see. Hey, what do you think of that uh, last stripper at uh, at Chin's funeral? Yeah. Well, you know I've seen better, but uh, this lady better retire pretty quick because she's just she's not drawing the crowd. Right? Well, you want to go out for a beer? Yeah, I got another funeral next week, so hopefully the uh, they'll upgrade their service here. <laughs> yeah, can I play the role of Roycey? All right, that's enough. Why are we speaking Chinese? <laughs> uh, I have long told the bride to uh, I don't want a funeral. I want you to torch me up, burn me up, and if anybody wants to have a celebration, tell them to go to hell. Uh, and that was going to be my thing. But now I'm thinking strippers. Yeah. And I'm thinking just to be equal opportunity, we're going to have some dudes in there mm. dropping their trousers. Are you want to be propped Wait up on one of your snowmobiles? Uh, no. Female no. or male strippers? I think we're going to... Oh, female or male strippers? Which one? Both. Kenny? Oh, both. both. Okay. Both. Yeah. Got it. I, I'm equal opportunity and some combo packages too. Mm -hmm. Girl oh. on top, boy on bottom. That oh. kind of. Uh, oh, I thought you meant two wow. for one. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I got both. Don't worry. Maybe some craft beer and uh, some expensive tequila. That'd be fun. Huh. <laughs> In Paradise Valley, Arizona. A woman named Linda Fine had just made a $1.8 million... What are those things the, the kids, uh, the poke with the sticks and the candy comes out? Pinata? Yeah. Could you make a pinata that looks like me? Yeah. And then everybody can just flog at it? Yeah. Wouldn't it just have to be round? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's all you'd need. You're right. Yeah. Thank you, John. Uh, that use was... a colored uh, marker to do the hair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That wasn't hurtful <laughs> at all, John. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Kenny. I feel, I feel really bad now. In Paradise Valley, Arizona... A woman named Linda Fine had just made a $1.8 million offer on a four-bedroom, 4,172-square-foot home spread across a 1.3-acre lot until she pulled out of the deal after discovering its past in the porn industry. Really? The huh. property had been utilized as the set of Wifey's World, a porn site founded in 1998 operated by a couple named Kevin and Sandra Otterson, the owners of the home, according to the Arizona Republic. Fine told the Republic, I just can't make Thanksgiving dinner on counters where a porn star has been lounging around. <laughs> and uh, John warned me about this story, and I looked it up, and uh, 
I agree with the new owners. Uh, there's not enough power washing uh, in the world to clean those countertops and railings <laughs> and uh, mantles. And Did she successfully get out of the deal? Well, the steps it, it, and uh, it appears she is. Yes. Uh, Although the homes listing, heads. the homes listing told fine the owners were in the entertainment industry. That's what led her to the discovery. Uh, in Arizona, there's no statute though stating that porn film set history has to be disclosed in a listing. She said, I certainly believe there are people out there who wouldn't care about the house being used for those purposes. I'm just not one of them. I see. She did get out of the deal. Yes. Two shoplifting suspects running from police scaled a fence to get away from officers, thought they had it made. However, they landed in the parking lot of the local police station once they got over the fence. What a boy. Officials told <laughs> KTAR-FM that officers were called to a gas station for possible shoplifting at 6 o'clock last Friday night. Authorities say as officers got there, the suspects, 28-year-old Mawan El Abadi and 29-year-old Salma Huraya, took off running. The pair ran along the side of a building and jumped a fence, despite a sign that said Peoria Police above the door. Security video shows Huraya trying to hide under a bench before being placed in custody by officers who had seen the two jump over the fence on security cameras <laughs> in the police station. El Abadi climbed back over the other side of the fence, but he was arrested in the street Oops. by the officers. Come on down off the fence. Here we are. Let's go. Fantastic. El Abadi and Huraya both face charges of shoplifting, trespassing in a critical public safety building, and drug charges. Hmm. A very bold criminal in Connecticut. Police say a man stole a rookie police officer's car and used the cop's credit cards to buy food at a Taco Bell <laughs> and then groceries at Walmart. 21-year-old Waterbury resident Derek Johnson charged with multiple offenses. He stole a car from a Waterbury parking garage the night of the officer's police academy graduation. Police later recovered the car. Investigators say they identified Johnson using surveillance footage. He has a hearing in Waterbury Superior Court next month. All right, John, thank you. you Corzo's in for Patrick to take you uh, on the ride home, and what do you have coming yes, up? Yes, I am going to talk a little bit Kirk Cousins, uh, going to talk a little bit uh, Twins, and also talk Jess Myers, the Hockey Half Hour, because a lot of hockey news. I know Jess is proud of War Road, because there was another War Road person won a gold medal on the women's U.S. team. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk a little bit uh, Gophers Puck. They got handled pretty, pretty badly by Penn State, but are still going to get in the NCAA tournament, and so some other stuff as well. And uh, Wilder now what? Five straight. Yeah, and, and in really, you know, solid position and uh, right now third in their division and have a chance to maybe catch Winnipeg, uh, who's still only four points ahead of them. I don't think Winnipeg ever plays a road game. Every time I look, <laughs> they've played a home game. Yeah, and that's that's the Wild's likely first-round playoff opponent. Winnipeg? Winnipeg, yeah. yeah that'll be tough. Then. That'll be tough. Yeah. Uh, all right, you stay tuned. Corzo will be live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. 1500 ESPN is... KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 45 degrees. The ride is next.